gear up for an invigorating summer series here on the Garage Cast, where each week throughout the summer, we will unfold an eight episode journey that bridges the gap between innovation and leadership in the realm of future education. We dive into the art of visionary leadership to construct an enduring future, explore agility in embracing change, understand the essence of transparent communication and the importance of emotional intelligence, all to develop leadership to enable innovation. Crucially, we focus on the symbiotic relationship between pioneering innovation and astute leadership in the digital era and how to harness this to drive team collaboration, maintain ethical integrity, and cultivate an environment of continuous learning. So join us each week here on the Garage Cast and discover how leadership can fuel innovation, shaping the education of tomorrow here on our special summer series. everybody and welcome this Friday July the 7th to our summer series this will be garage cast episode number 36 but as you heard in the introduction this is the first part of an eight-part series that we'll do over the summer and today is titled visionary leadership crafting the future of education and what we'll do in today's garage cast, again, under the umbrella of innovation, we look at the importance and the role of leadership and leadership skills. In today's episode, you will hear how you can develop a compelling, forward thinking vision for your school. This episode guides you through the essentials of visioning and strategic planning, underlying the importance of looking into the future and preparing your educational institution for the changes to come. I am your host, Michael Iani Palarchio. Let's buckle up and let's dive in. It is really great to have all of you listening with me this Friday as we kick off this special series. And I wanted to do this series because when I reflected and went back, sort of looked over all of the statistics of this past year, the past 35 episodes, the episodes where we hit on characteristics of leadership, where we talked about the importance of leadership, again, with regards to innovation and being leaders in times of exponential change, there was a lot of listeners and there also was a lot of end-user feedback and questions and I've written to people and I thought, what better way over the summertime than to introduce a number of these innovation and leadership-focused podcasts. Think of it as 
capacity building, I may occasionally throw something in traditionally like I have, like a tech tool tip of the week. But I think I'm going to try and keep these as crisp as possible to really touch on eight key aspects of what leaders need in this world of exponential change, in this world of AI-enabled disruption. And so today we're starting off with an area that has been an area of focus and passion and interest for me for a very long time, and that is strategy. We're going to explore, I'll share some tips and insights on how to develop a compelling, forward-thinking vision and strategy for your school. If you're a leader in your school, strategy has never been more important. Now, we at the school have a particular way of doing strategy. I have talked about this in previous garage casts. We use a framework from Roger Martin that's called playing to win. And I'm not going to go through that specific framework. That would take many, many episodes. What I really want to impart is how important strategy is as a mindset for leaders, understanding how important strategy is in order to be able to set a goal, set a vision for what your organization aspires to be. Where does it want to get to in the future? And I think I want to start off by saying strategy, when we talk about leaders and the development of strategy, yes, it can happen with senior leadership teams. But strategy is something that all leaders throughout an organization really need to be able to engage with, understand, communicate with each other, but also with people within their own departments or groups. It's important for leaders to be able to connect the day-to-day operational work with the overarching strategy. It's so important. Otherwise, the strategy becomes disconnected. And that's why I wanted to start off the summer series with a look at strategy and vision. Now, you might be saying, well, what is a vision exactly? And, and why is it important? Especially if you, your school already has perhaps put together a strategic plan and you may be wondering, you know, why do I need to worry about this? At Brangsome Hall, we call it an aspiration when we're talking about strategy. Again, I'm not going to get into the nuances of different frameworks. But a vision is a clear and inspiring picture of what you want for your school and what you want your school to achieve in the future. It's not just a statement or a slogan. It's really a guiding principle that shapes your decisions, your actions. Think of it as a lens that you look through before you act, before you plan initiatives, before you make decisions. 
Think of it as well as a really important element to developing culture, to reinforcing culture. And it's also important to recognize that culture, understanding culture, and we've talked about this before, is so important. Otherwise, strategy can fail. A vision helps you to align your goals, values, the strategies that you come up for various departments. We call those sub-cascades in our framework. It helps you to align those things with your purpose and your mission. I've also found that it helps to motivate and empower a broad group of stakeholders. And remember, in schools, we have a lot of different stakeholders. We've got our teachers and staff. Maybe you treat that as one stakeholder group called employees. Maybe you break that out as two separate stakeholder groups because of various needs. We've got students, of course, parents, other partners that you might have as a part of your school ecosystem. You might have a board, for instance, if you are a private or independent school. So there are various stakeholders that you can align with, empower, motivate, and connect through the strategy. Now, the logical question that people often ask me is, well, how do you go about creating a vision? And have that vision be something that's really ambitious, but still realistic. Again, we call it an aspiration. Uh, Many places will call it a vision. Uh, There's all kinds of terms in terms of what this stretch goal is. It's something in the future. And quite often, you know, when we develop our aspiration for our strategic cascade, and when I've worked with sub-departments or departments within the school and they've developed their sub-cascades, sometimes when you finally get to what that aspiration is, the vision of the future, you will hear people say, oh, well, well, well that's not us at all. Or, you know, we're, we're nowhere close to being that. I've done strategy through much of my career um, outside of education. And quite often you know, inside organizations, people feel, great, you have this aspiring future state, but it doesn't feel very realistic. So understanding how you create a vision that is both realistic and ambitious is important. How you ensure that your vision reflects the needs and expectations of your diverse audience, super important. And how you communicate your vision effectively to the various stakeholders, critically important. And these are just some of the questions that we'll we'll touch on through today's episode. I can't stress enough that strategic planning is not a one-time event. And as I've already said, it's definitely not meant to be a top-down process. It's an ongoing and collaborative effort that involves engaging with your stakeholders, researching trends and challenges that will affect your school, lots and lots of brainstorming of ideas and scenarios, and then refining and testing your vision of the future. 
So let's get into what, you know, here's a few steps that you can follow to begin that process of creating a vision. I always like to say, start with the why, okay? Before you think about what you want to achieve or how you want to get there, ask yourself, why do you exist as an organization? Why do you exist as a school? What is your core purpose and your value proposition? What is the impact that you want to have on your learners and the broader community, however you want to define that for yourself? This will help you to define your mission statement, which is really the foundation of your vision. Again, from framework to framework, the language can be different. In the playing to win approach, they don't use this language exactly. And that's not important. What's important is that you start with a reflection. Why do you exist as an organization? Now, another piece that's important is scanning the environment. And it's important, but you don't want to get into a cycle of sort of, you've heard the expression, um, paralysis of analysis, where you're, you're always constantly feeling like, well, we don't have all the information, or how much more information can we get? Or we have so much information that this will take us a year to process and understand. You've got to find a balance as a leader. I often say internally that it's better done than perfect, right? We don't want perfection to be the enemy of getting this type of initiative completed, And the reality is, in today's day and age, with things changing so rapidly, it will become impossible to have this complete picture, whether it's trends you're looking at or whether it's data that you're capturing. Now, just because that's reality doesn't mean that this step should be skipped. You need to be able to understand the current state of your own school and the external factors that influence it. You can conduct some pretty traditional types of analyses. There's one called the SWOT analysis, which is always an interesting thing to to do as a, a senior leadership team or as a set of leaders in your department. And SWOT stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And really, it's a two by two matrix, the way I typically do this. I put strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, and I map those out with groups of people so we can understand ourselves. Now, this is something that some strategic frameworks like playing to win don't do. There's another strategic process uh, or approach uh, that I've used extensively. It's the Blue Ocean Strategy. There are all kinds of different approaches for what I would say different purposes. But just because those processes don't include explicit things like a SWOT analysis, it doesn't mean that um, it's not actually being done by those organizations. It is important to understand your strengths, your weaknesses, the opportunities and threats. Conducting a SWOT analysis helps you to identify your internal capabilities and gaps 
as well as the external trends and challenges that might affect your school in your community. From there, I like this part about where we start to look at the future. I used to call this for the longest time the future state. Um, you can call it sort of um, uh, future modeling. There, is, there are tools, for instance, Three Horizons is a tool where you want to be able to map the present state and the future state and what that in-between state looks like. Again, many tools. And I'm hoping that this week's episode will spark curiosity for you in terms of delving into tools and systems that feel right for you. What is important, though, is that once you have a clear picture of where you are in that current state and where you want to go, you really have to be able to step out of the box, unleash your creativity, unlock your imagination, and start looking at the future. Think about what the future of education could look like five years from now, 10 years from now. Be bold, 20 years from now. Will you get it right? Not necessarily. Probably not, especially when you're looking 20 years out. But five years out, you probably have a pretty good sense of where things are going. And what you can do as well, you know, As a futurist, I will sometimes create multiple future states or multiple future scenarios. And then I can create plans of action, strategic plans against those various future states. There's a series of things that I do to test them and some of them become eliminated. But sometimes you want to have some plans that say, you know, if the future starts to emerge along path A, this is what we're doing. And if one of those other future states, maybe future state D or F or G is beginning to materialize two, three years from now, you've thought about that. You've looked at how your organization strategically plans what it does. The choices you make, strategies about making choices. But you've got to have a sense of what that future could be. Consider what are emerging technologies, changing pedagogies, and practices that will transform learning and teaching. Ask yourself, what are the skills, the competencies, and the mindsets that will be in demand in the future workforce? What are the opportunities and challenges that will arise from these changes, both for our students but also for us as educators and for our schools as organizations that operate in the world. And again, you can use a variety of tools. You can use scenario planning tools, foresight analysis tools, design thinking, which is a a favorite go-to for me. Any number of these tools will allow you to generate multiple possible futures for your school. Taking these various items from the previous steps, you can begin to craft what that vision of the future looks like. Based on your research and imagination, select the most desirable and feasible future scenario for your school. Then craft a really good, compelling vision statement that describes 
what you want to achieve in that scenario. Your vision statement should be really specific. It should be measurable, something that you can attain, highly relevant, and and set some time parameters around that. You don't want it to be so open-ended that it's hard to gauge when you go back to measure where are we in terms of measuring our effectiveness across our vision? Remember that it should be highly aspirational, highly inspirational. And, you know, use positive and powerful words that convey emotion and passion. So many times I've looked at strategies that organizations have put together, not schools specifically, but just organizations in general, and they, they lack passion. You know, These are things that are describing us, the people, the environment. Once you've done all of these things, then you can turn your attention to communicating your vision. So I've done some pretty exciting work creating some sub-cascades or some sub-strategies with a few departments at Branksom, and they're so pumped. And then they said, where do we go next? And... You could jump right into planning initiatives against that strategy. But what I suggested to them was, summertime has arrived. (laughs) Let this strategy sit with you while you are off for the summer. One of them was one of our um, academic departments, and one of them is an internal department. And then think about how you want to communicate this to others in the organization. You want to be able to communicate your vision. You need to share your vision with your stakeholders and get some feedback. You know, I used to say that part of the sharing of these visions and strategic future states, you needed to go through a process of managing the change and obtaining buy-in. And I still believe that, but I feel that it emerges a lot more organically when you do this from a very values-driven perspective, when you do this in a way where you are gathering input from your stakeholders throughout, so there's less of a sell it to them and get them to buy in. What you're really trying to do is have them understand where it connects with their world inside the organization, where it connects with things operationally, and how the realization of strategy really is happening at the grassroots level. Then people feel really involved. So you're going to want to think through, how do you do that? As a leader, what you want is you want people to be really comfortable in understanding strategy so they can explain it to others. What you want to do is make sure That each person in your own group, again, whether you're a senior administrator in a school or whether you're someone that's leading a department, make sure that you give some thought as to how you make each person feel part of your journey. Connect them to the strategy, celebrate their achievements and contributions to that strategy, and it'll go a long way in managing that change and helping to communicate. You know, creating this kind of visionary leadership culture 
so that it drives innovation is not easy. Strategy itself is not easy. Even as seasoned leaders, it's quite often easier to go back into that day-to-day operational stuff, which is important. You know, I have an expression that I've often used with IT groups that you can't focus on strategy if you can't keep the lights on, meaning you've got to be able to do that operational stuff well in order to have the headspace, have the time, have an environment where you can focus on strategy. That's super important, but it's not easy, but it's essential. I've always felt the strategy was essential for all organizations. I think for schools, as the future of education is so rapidly transforming, strategy has never been more important. And we've talked about that. So as leaders, you must immerse yourself in the world of strategy. Don't wait for the strategic planning process, for instance. Oh, we update our strategy every five years. That's when I re-engage with it. Make it a part of your day or your week. Somehow build capacity. You know, strategy itself is evolving, just like so many other things having to do with organizations. No different inside of schools. So as leaders... It is important that you find ways to engage with strategy and understand best practices in strategy. Understand why strategy matters. Internalize that and make it part of the DNA of the way you lead. In order to be an innovator inside a school, this is an incredibly important leadership skill to build. And there's many, many ways to do it. I just find exploring various sort of strategic publications. The Harvard Business Review is a great one, for instance. There are various other, there is one called Strategy um, that I read. There are all kinds of great resources online. If you check out IDO, you know, and you look at their design thinking methodology, well, that's one part of being able to do strategy. And so engage with that as a leader. And it will allow you then to step into using strategy and your leadership skills to not only build strategy, but to communicate it and to execute on it. And as a leader who can do that, you're well positioned for innovation. These few steps that I've given you here, if you follow these at a high level, start to explore them, you can develop a really compelling and forward-thinking vision for your own school that will guide you through all the changes that are coming. I hope that you have found today's initial episode, the first in our series around innovation and leadership, to be useful. I hope that it has sparked your curiosity. And I hope that if you've got questions, you won't hesitate to drop me a line 
And I'm always happy to share some general resources around this, talk about my own journey as a leader and how the development of strategic practice has been so important for me in my leadership journey. Well, thank you for joining me here today for episode 36, Visionary Leadership, Crafting the Future of Education, the first in our eight-part series. And I can't wait till next week. Next week on Friday, in our second part of this summer series, the title of that garage cast will be Embracing Change, the Art of Agile Leadership. Really excited to step into that and share my thoughts around this next important element for leaders to be considering. I hope that you found today's episode engaging, intriguing, thought-provoking, and if you've got feedback for me, do let me know. If you want to share this on, I know it's very education-focused, but feel free to share it widely. Again, my background in strategy has been broad over a 25 to 30 year career. Um, And I love talking about strategy. I feel it is just the heart of being able to chart our own futures and to be able to step into that and make choices that day to day move us towards that future. To all of you that are listening, thanks again so much for joining. My name is Michael Iani Polarchio. I am wishing you a terrific summer wherever you may find yourself. And until we connect again next week, stay well, stay innovative, stay strategic. And until we connect again next week, let me simply say, ciao.